Welcome to the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm DP Sidhu. Joining me today, J.J. Moses, as always, Texans ambassador, former Texans return specialist. J.J., so good to have you back. It's been two weeks. I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. What's going on? I know. Well, we're waiting for you to come back from the NFL Combine. But, again, we're so glad to be here. It's always great to see you, my friend. And it looked like you had a lot of fun for the NFL Combine. It's always fun to go back to Indianapolis. My family's there. It's always fun to cover the Combine. It's great to not have to scout quarterbacks. <laughs> this is the first year that we weren't really – I just watched them because I was kind of curious about what they had to say. But it's a weird year for the Texans. No first or second round draft pick. So – uh, we still approach the combine, but you know, definitely wanted to talk to people about what they thought about the Texans, how yes. they thought they'd look in 2018. I'll definitely get into my combine notes in a little bit. I de- I want to talk to you about free agency. That's yeah. sort of the big topic now heading into this week and early next week. Uh, but first, the number one trending topic on Twitter for the last two nights in a row, JJ, was The Bachelor. <laughs> right. John Harris watches. I watches. Nobody else in our department watches. <laughs> And I sent you a text saying, uh, you don't happen to watch The Bachelor, do you? And you come back with something that, to me, is even better than watching five hours of The Bachelor in two consecutive nights. You actually have a connection with this entire franchise. Yeah, it's crazy because it's such a small world. But, you know, I, I, I attend this one particular event in Iowa every year, and it's around the spring football game. So... This one event that I attended to is called the Character That Counts, and it's an all-star evening in which they bring in a lot of you know individuals that are from the state of Iowa that are you know might have played sports, that might be on TV, that might work on ESPN, that might be governors, whatever it is, you know they'll bring us back, and we're kind of like the state officials where we come back and just be a part of a great event that they host each and every year. So I had an opportunity to meet Chris Souls and Chris Souls and I became friends. I know exactly who that is. Do you know who Chris Souls is? For people that are listening (laughs) that have no idea what we're talking about, Chris Souls was actually the bachelor back in, I want to say 2014, 2015. He was an Iowa farmer. And I mean, I know that you're from Iowa. I would not expect you to know every single person from Iowa. It's only like three people that live in Iowa. And he was on the bachelorette. He was one of the finalists. I really liked him. Then they picked him to be the bachelor, but they went, you're not from the same hometown, are you? Because they showed his hometown. And I thought I would be depressed to live there. If this is the guy was dating, because he really wanted whoever to whoever married him to move there because he had a farm. He was right. a farmer, right? He was a farmer. It was like one stoplight, and you had to go to another town to even watch a movie. Yeah. I mean, the town. You're not from there. No, I'm not from there, okay. but I'm maybe about an hour or two hours away from his hometown. Okay. And so Chris is a big-time football fan. And he it's, is. Oh, my goodness. He grew up watching Iowa State, Iowa, but he's a big-time Iowa fan. Iowa, okay. And so it's funny that, you know, when we met, I would, you know, of course he knew me and we would start talking about, you know, the Houston Texans and he never had been to a Texas game. So he was actually supposed to come down this year to watch an actual Houston Texans football game because I invited him. I said, Chris, you got to come down and root for the Texans. He said, man, and CJ Fedorowicz for that matter. That's exactly, <laughs> I'm quite sure he does know CJ. So I was like, you know, you got to come down, Chris. So Chris was excited. And unfortunately, you know, that tough situation happened with, you know, with, with, you know, you he know, got arrested. That, with, we got arrested. Oh, well, I follow and, all the previous bachelors yeah. and bachelors. That's, that's a shame what happened to him. I think it's, it's all sort of cleared up now, but I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. He was, a, he it was like some sort of it intoxication was, yeah, or something, it was, something it, like that. It was, it was sad because, you know, a family member had lost his life and I don't know the whole ordeal of what's happening with Chris right now, but I did just kind of reach out to him in a text and told him that, you know, of course I'm praying for him. And of course the family that was affected because, you know, that's an, a situation that's going to always, you know, be right. with someone. And, and, uh, you know, whenever you have a situation like that, that affects people, you know, your heart goes out to him. So I just hope that, you know, with Chris, you know, I, I hope that he's continued to stay strong, but he's a, a great guy. 
guy, and uh, I'm hoping that you know his role gets stronger and stronger because you know he's he was a great he's a great person. DP. So you so you watch? Did you watch that season when he was I the did. Bachelor? I you did. don't watch? You don't watch? You didn't watch no. what happened the last two nights with. <laughs> Ari Leindyke Jr. and proposing to one woman, then ditching her for the other woman, then breaking up on national television, then proposing. You didn't see all that. No, drama. I didn't see all that. Okay. Only thing I did you watch. You didn't miss anything. I, only thing that I watched <laughs> was when Chris, because I remember when my wife would, you know, tell me about, hey, there's a guy that's from Iowa that's on the Bachelor. Your show. wife watches the show. Oh, right? she loves the show. Okay. And so I'm thinking to myself, Chris Souls, yeah. So of course we knew Chris Souls and. When we went to that event last year, my wife had an opportunity to meet him. And so it just it was kind of crazy because she was like, oh, my goodness, I watched Chris Soul, So you should have saw he, the amazing he, line. He, met up, he picked the fertility specialist nurse that. from Chicago, who I really yeah. like. They, of course, didn't stick together, <laughs> right. which is not really surprising for The Bachelor. But that's that's so it, cool. I think that's even cooler than you watching the fact that you know one of the, the people. Oh, and he was cool. And the fact is everybody – wanted Chris Soul's autograph. You should have saw the ladies lined up. It was unreal. <laughs> and I'm surprised no one didn't have a rose like to give him or he was giving out roses or anything. But he was, was a fan favorite at the he time. He was a definitely. fan favorite and just to know that he loved watching football and of course he wanted to come to a Houston Texans football game and, and root for our Texans. I thought that JJ was a Moses, cool moment. if that ever happens, you've got to hook me up with an interview with him. You have a He's deal. got to be on the pregame show. We've got to we've got to make a find a because I'm the biggest bachelor fan ever. <laughs> And I will fight John Harris yeah. to the ground to, to get the this ground. Center. Yes, well that's because cool. he's he's I'm I'm one and he's like one A. Well, I think Chris would probably love it if he, <laughs> if he has an opportunity to come down here to Houston. I think he would love the opportunity. All right, so let's get into the news of the week. Should we? What do you want to do? You want to talk combine or you want to talk free agency? I'm going to leave it up to you. Okay, you know what? I would love to talk combine. Let's because, talk combine. Yeah. I, All right, I just got back, so we'll go. I mean, it's I feel like it's so long ago that the combine does. happened, even though it just ended. Monday, I guess, with the defensive backs. But we were there till the weekend, and then we left. We we got to hear Bill O'Brien, uh, Brian Gaines speak. And they're, the, the main takeaways I took from them, everyone that's injured is doing really well. So basically, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, the rehabs are going really well. Watson could be back in time for the OTAs. That's something that he talked about at Super Bowl yeah. uh, week. But, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen him out and about. He's ever, he's in Paris right now. Unreal. With Odell with, Beckham. Did you see that? Okay, we'll get to, into that in a little <laughs> bit because um, yeah. I've got my social news of the week, and there's a development in that story. Okay. Um, kind of. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely have an interesting tidbit on that. But, yeah, he's been – he was in Germany. We talked about that yeah. last week. So it's good to know that at least his it's rehab's good. on track. It's good. And I just saw J.J. Watt just maybe about two days ago. We were in the lobby coming in for an event, and it was maybe around about 930 or so. J.J. was walking out of the weight room, and I promise you, when I saw J.J., he was walking out the door, and he was like, whoo, whoo, whoo. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, this guy must have just finished running or jogging or something. I mean, he was so amped up. Yeah. And I could just feel this energy ready for the football season. So I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, J.J. Watt, he's ready to go, D.P. That's great news. He did come back uh, to Houston. I saw him <laughs> tweeting about it like Sunday or Monday that it was great to be back 610 and being back in the being back in Houston. So it's good to have him back in the building for sure. All right. Deontay Foreman, oh. rookie running back, had that big game against Arizona, two touchdowns, then was carted off the field. Uh, this was the first that we'd heard of any sort of timeline for him. But Brian Game seemed very optimistic that he would be ready for week one. He had the Achilles injury yeah. and the surgery, which 
is one, it's a more one of the more serious injuries, but that's really good news. Wasn't that a big time play? Remember when he scored the touchdown when yeah. he got injured? I mean, just watching him run that ball, man, and the way he was able to be so elusive, I just knew that he's going to be an incredible player. Remember when um, just recently they did the um, road, the Texas Bowl, and I did not realize that Dante had a brother that plays for UT. He does, yeah, and so Armani. I, so it's crazy because when we did that, you know, road, the Texas Bowl, I'm looking out into the crowd because we they had both teams here and we hosted the rodeo bowl and so i'm talking to his brother and i'm thinking he looks You're very really familiar for me and i didn't <laughs> want to say do you have a brother named deontay do you have that but i was like oh my goodness that must be his twin brother Are so i didn't know that identical twins or for like do they look identical they look, to me okay. i mean it's very close like i knew just the smile and the personality he yeah. was very outgoing i said oh okay i see some similarities big time but deontay i'm, I'm excited deontay was there too he was on crutches at the time yes, i haven't he was. seen him haven't seen him since, but that's really great news. I mean, Deontay, I think that the way that he's he brings this energy, and as a rookie, typically you don't see that in a running back, and the way that he's able to be so elusive, and at any given moment he can make a play. And I believe that he's the type of running back, he can take it the distance. It's not like he's going to get tracked down. He has that speed, so hopefully he'll be able to recover. Um, you know, that was a, definitely a serious injury, but the upside is he's still young. So it's like – That definitely would that work in your in favor. favor, yeah. Yeah. As far as rehabbing, as opposed to when you're later on in your career. Because I remember D'Amico Ryan's had a couple of Achilles. I would think with each one, it gets harder and harder to come back from it. It gets harder and harder. And, and hopefully, great, he does, hopefully this is it for him. Yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy and really show, showcase his talents. And the great thing is we, he's in Houston. And, of course, we got some great Dodgers with the Houston Texans. So I know they'll get him up and rolling real soon. He's probably running around right now. I hope so. I hope so. All right. So those are some just some quick combine notes. Uh, Shaquem Griffin. I don't know if you saw That's him. That's what I wanted to talk to you the about. The linebacker oh. out of UCF. Wasn't that amazing? I mean, what a, I mean, what a great story. I, I was going back and looking at his uh, when he spoke to the media. Yeah. Uh, and he his first, the first thing that he said was, "When I walked out of here, I thought I was going to see like three people." Like oh. he was surprised people were even covering him. And this. Sure. And the way it's set up right now at the combine, or it was you, the they bring groups of players they do the bench press and the bench press is separated by like a curtain mm-hmm. from the podiums where they speak so you can hear people cheering for the bench press mm. and then immediately they're brought over to the podium so he had just finished bench pressing what 20 right he did 20, 20 reps 20 reps. for 225 pounds 20 times yeah that's Mo- unreal most of forget about having only one hand most for any linebacker since 2003 he said that when his goal was to do six the most he'd ever done was 11, but the cheering from the fans and the crowd and everybody else just gave him that adrenaline like he couldn't even stop. I mean, the the story is, if you guys don't know who Shaquem Griffin is, he was an individual that his left hand was amputated on during his birth, and so he was a football player that grew up you know, pretty much with no hands. But his inspirational story shows that you can make things happen. If you got the heart and the determination, guess what, DP? He went on in 2016 to become the AAC Defensive Player of the Year. And like you said, the fastest 40-yard time, what, 438? Yeah, that's isn't that in, crazy? That's in, unreal. And check this out. His brother last year, you remember Shaquille? Yeah. I guess they ran the exact same time. And Shaquille, what is, what, 30 pounds lighter than Shaquem? So it just shows you that this guy has some upside. And I was looking at a lot of the retweets and what people were saying about Shaquem. And, of course, our J.J. Watt had to retweet it. I, say, saw, I saw J.J.'s tweet, too, yeah. He said, you're killing it. And then, of course, Russell Wilson retweeted about him. So it was cool to see all these NFL guys get behind, get behind Shaquem Griffin's performance. And it just shows you that everyone's rooting for him. We want to see him make it into the NFL, and it's going to be interesting. What round will he go in? 
I, I mean, I think if anybody helped himself in at the combine, it was, it was him. him. He had the prosthetic hand. He even yeah. described how they put it on and it sort of suctions itself. He didn't really get into that technology until college. So he said he could. it was hard for him to even lift that oh, bar wow. when he got to college. And he said the bar was falling, couldn't even do like 45 pounds. Really? But to go from that to bench pressing 225 pounds, 20 times, more than – more than any other linebacker in your group that has two hands. Were you around him? Did you get a chance to really meet with him? And I know, of course, you I probably didn't. Saw him. Okay. I didn't because the linebackers were in a different group. Uh, I definitely was following along his story because we don't get to go to the work. Although I didn't get to go into the workouts, you have to have a different credential. But we, I believe, we were gone before he even did that. So I remember seeing that on the screen. They had the TVs rolling where the media was set up, and we were doing Radio Row. So, uh, but I went back and I sort of looked at when he spoke to the media, what he said, because somebody might have been, you know, they've got like eight different guys talking sure. and they've got like eight different tables of guys talking. So you you sort of have the guys that you're into. I wasn't really focusing on linebackers. I was more into the old linemen. Yeah. And uh, guys that had ties with our Texans players. But, I mean, that being said, everybody knows. Everybody now, knows. I mean, Griffin I mean, when you run a four three eight at Indianapolis, that is like you're really rolling. That's speed right there. <laughs> I mean, most guys typically I was hoping that this year's combine was going to be a time where you're going to see times like a four two one or yeah. just unbelievable. But for the most part, all the times were consistent. It really wasn't any world record breakers, but of course Shaquem Griffin went out and ran a fast time. And across the board, most guys ran a four some guys ran a four three, maybe a handful of them. Yeah. Guys four 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 fives and of course you know offensive linemen you know they run their times but no shot against old linemen you know (laughs) it's it's, so it's one of those things where I thought this year's performance it was just Shaquem Griffin's performance he's the one that dominated he really shined brightly you know and I think you you may bring up a great point I think last year and the year before we always look for that super fast John Ross type DB that runs a crazy fast but this year was all about guys in different positions running fast for their group Shaquem Griffin was one of them. Uh, who else am I thinking of? Uh, oh, Saquon Barkley, obviously the other obvious one for the running backs. He ran like a four three eight. That's right. Uh, so you know, just seeing these bigger guys move the way they do, I think that's even more impressive than a DB running super fast. No, it is. We had a guy um, from Iowa State, my alma mater, um, Alan Lazard. He got invited to the combine, and he's a six five, two hundred and twenty five pound wide receiver at Iowa State. He's broken all the records at Iowa State, and I believe he tested out well during the combine. I had an opportunity to speak to his dad, and his dad was very excited about his testing. And I think he might have ran a four five forty, which po- possibly might put him in the first, second, or third round is to probably right? get drafted or so, because he's a big ideal type tight end he can catch over the middle and uh, for someone at that size and that speed you know to run that speed that's pretty impressive for a guy like that all right good stuff from the nfl combine i always love watching these guys performances and then at their pro day although i think shakeem griffin should just sit down and chill on a lawn chair (laughs) during the ucf pro day he should do absolutely nothing else uh let's get into free agency because that's the big topic now for most of march i know Middle of March, the end of March, whenever my kids are on spring break, I always am like on pins and needles because I feel like mm. free, here comes free agency. And uh, the Texans, I, people are predicting that they're going to be very busy. They've got a lot of space. They don't have a lot of draft picks. And uh, just to get you caught up to speed on important dates, free agency, the actual league new year begins Wednesday, March 14th, 3 p.m. Houston time, okay. 4 p.m. New York time, which means all – 2017 player contracts expire. So anyone set to be a free agent right now, they can work out in the building. They can come into the building. At that point, they're no longer part of the roster, and then that's when they're officially free agents. So that's next. That's Wednesday, March 14th. But on Monday, teams can start what they call this 
tampering period, right, where they can uh-huh. talk to players and start negotiating so that when free agency opens, they sort of have their terms in place. Uh, the Texans, I, you know, this is the biggest number I've seen since I've been here. 24 players said to become either unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, 24. Or, or exclusive rights free agents. T- that's a lot of players. That's a lot of players. And you've got Brian Cushing was released. He was on that list. So we'll call it 23 now. Jonathan Joseph, Chris Clark, Breno Giacomini, Marcus Gilchrist, uh, Shane Leckler, Xavier Sufilo, Eddie Pleasant, Andre Ellington. I mean, the list goes on. Tom Savage, Bruce Ellington, Al- Alfred Blue, TJ Yates. I think this list is big, obviously, because all the injuries last year. That's they signed right. a lot of guys to short-term deals. Uh, but, you know, also, Bill O'Brien came in in 2014. It was a, it was a huge upheaval in the roster, That's right. obviously, with the new coaching change. Greg Mance, Brian Peters. There's a, there's a lot of guys out there. I wanted to talk to you uh, because you've been through this process before. Yeah. The week before free agency, what is this week like for you as a player on a roster, knowing that in a week you're not, you're not going to be walking into that facility anymore? You could be out of a job. You could be somewhere totally different. What is that yeah. uncertainty like? You went through it a few times. I went through it a few times. And it's one of those moments where you just, at, at that moment in your career, you're kind of excited, but yet you're like, man, I don't know what the future may hold. And, of course, that's why you want to do everything you can during the off season and also during the regular season to prove that you still have enough left in the tank. And many of the guys that are – up within the uh, free agency, you know, my advice is just to stay focused and continue to work hard. And, and at the end of the day, what's for you will open up for you. You don't, you can't control certain situations. You can't control whether the team wants to bring you in or not. And I remember there were always times, especially during this time of the year, that they're always either trying to replace you or they're <laughs> trying to bring another guy in or, you know, of course, they, they want to sign you to a long-term deal. So um, it's it's one of those things, DP, where you're just kind of like it's nerve-wracking. You just don't know what to do. You're just antsy. You're just like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what team, what city. And, you're, and of course, your agent is constantly calling you. He's constantly keeping you updated. Things are constantly changing. And so it's one of those things like – you, as a player, you're just ready just to get settled in. You're ready to go to that team that really wants you. And again, you want to go to that team that really fits your style of play. Because sometimes a great, it's great to chase the money and it's great, to, you know, to get things situated like that. But you also want a team where you can go in and fit in within the nucleus and you feel comfortable playing. And I know with Brian Game and Coach O'Brien, they're going to do an amazing job of bringing some big time players here within this free agency. Of course, we all know. You know, with J. Joe, you know, he played numerous of years up here. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him and, of course, the office of line situation. So I know they are working nonstop, just unbelievable as far as, you know, deciding what players to bring in, what players to, to keep and all that type of stuff. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens in the next few weeks. How aware are you of what other teams' needs are? Because as a free agent, oh, very aware. you know, if you're like, say you're an offensive tackle, you must know that, oh, these are the teams that need tackles right now. Uh, let me let me keep a close eye on what the, these teams are doing. How much are you following that? Oh, you're pretty much aware because it's different from whereas, you know, if you're in college, there's almost 100-something Division One teams. But in the NFL, there's only 32 teams. Right. And for the most part, you really study teams that are in your conference. So, for example, you know the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, they probably need some offensive linemen. Or if you know the Indianapolis Colts, okay, I've been kind of playing with those guys. I can tell that they need some, you know, defensive linemen or whatever the case. So you really study the, all the teams. You kind of know what's out there, you know exactly if this is the year for quarterbacks, 
Kurt, Russ, Kurt Cousins, for an example. You know, right he's going to be the big domino. He's going to be the yeah. big domino because they're not going to possibly sign him back with Washington. And then, of course, you got the quarterback, Case Keenum, up in Minnesota. So you know that this probably is a great year for the quarterbacks because there's not too many exceptional quarterbacks in the NFL. So Kirk Cousins, I'm not saying that he's probably the best quarterback that's played in the NFL. But guess what, DP? They're going to break him off a big-time contract. Yeah, because he's hot and they need a quarterback in the NFL. Same thing with, um, you know, with all these other players coming up. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens within this free agency. All right. So as a player, when you're going through this and, and you're studying the other teams, how much how much do you know when the actual league year begins where you're going to end up? Or is it a total surprise to you? Do you have some idea that these are the teams that, you know, my agent is targeting? Yes, you do, because your agent, like I said, he, you know, he'll keep you posted from. And again, I remember when I was going through this. I mean, my phone constantly was ringing. I was like, How do you okay. get it? First of all, how do you get anything done? Because I know if I'm waiting for an important call, oh. like I can't focus on anything else. And this is like the, your entire off season's consumed yeah. by the end of the league year, which you know is coming closer and closer. And you know what the most difficult situation to handle is when you have family here if you got wife and kids and they're probably going to school at an elementary and they love the elementary and you've got goes, a house you got a house and yeah. your wife is connected within the community and so i think that's the most difficult part but the great thing that i had in my favor at that time was i was single so i could just relocate yeah and just leave at easier. any given time but if you got a player that's been here five six seven eight years on an NFL team, and now they got to relocate, get it, get reestablished again. That's a tough situation because now you were the man on your team. Everyone knew you. The fans knew you. You were connected within the community. So now you got to go to Philadelphia, let's say, and now you got to really just kind of reestablish yourself. Now guys in the locker room, they might know you, but you're not just the guy that, oh, man, I'm coming to you for an opportunity. I'm coming to you for a deal. Let's get involved with the community. you got to kind of rework your way up the ladder again. I remember when I had signed with the uh, Chicago Bears, and this was after the Houston Texans had released me back in 2005, and I was like, okay, I'm going to the Bears. I'm excited, you know. But when I went to the Bears, it was totally different. The whole atmosphere was different. I had a number that – I don't even know what number they gave. It was like a number – I don't even know if they even have that number even on Wait, roster. You didn't, you didn't get to ask for the number that you wanted, or it was just taken? It was just taken. So they gave me just this random number. I'm like, this is not this a wide receiver's number. What type of number is this? And then, you know, we, of course you got your locker rooms. I, I'm getting dressed in another locker room that was a part away from the locker room. So it was just a weird thing because, you know, I was used to being a starter with the Texans. Yeah. But, again – that whole philosophy changes. So you have to rework your way up the ladder and, and gain that confidence and all that type of stuff. When do you start actually feeling comfortable when you're a free agent signing with a new team? You, you, it takes time. I think training camp really helps. Helps, And also the OTAs help as well, too, because you're kind of around the facilities. You get a chance to know the players, the coaches. Like, and where's the cafeteria? Where's, where's the cafeteria? my meeting room? Where's Where are the, the bathrooms? Yeah. And then it takes time. And, 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 and the great thing now more than ever is that you got social media to kind of really connect with players. Because when I was playing, there was no Facebook. You know, there was no Twitter so you didn't really have a chance to really follow guys only way you would follow guys is through ESPN or just read magazines but now it's it's easy to know who's on whose team and all that and what I would always do is I would always look for guys that played like for an example that played in the Big 12 conference because I played at Iowa State so I would look at guys on the roster who played oh he played at University of Texas we played Texas oh I remember him or I would look at guys that you know that kind of had that little history oh he's from the Midwestern so we would kind of connect in that that way. So I thought that was always cool. That is very cool. I know a lot of people uh, with free agency, there's a lot of talk of what the Texans are going to do, and people just want to link the Patriots with the Texans yeah. because of the coaching staff and the familiarity, and the coaching staff knows those guys because a lot of them overlapped with them. 
And it just ha- so happens that two of the free agents on New England's team right now are two positions of need. Malcolm Butler. Malcolm is Butler is one. Nate Solder is the other mm. uh, left tackle. It'll be interesting to see where those dominoes fall because I know we talked about Vince Wilfork maybe a year before he actually signed mm-hmm. with the Texans because there was talk that he maybe he was going to be let go or he wasn't going to get another deal. And then, then I think the Patriots signed him to another deal. They won yeah. the Super Bowl and then – he became a free agent. Well, I know definitely Coach O'Brien is very familiar with Malcolm Butler, and we all knew I that. I think he overlapped with Solder, too. How he, much does that help when you – did you uh, never have that experience where you go and it's like coaches that you know, or do you seek out coaches or staff? No, it actually know? does play in your favor. When you have a coach that you play with in, in your previous team and then you go to another team and then years later he's there as well, it always helps the case because they're comfortable with you. What if it's on the opposite side of the ball? Does that help too? It does help because, yeah. again, you know, y'all can speak the same language. Y'all are, at the end of the day, y'all were underneath the same umbrella. You sure. guys understood the, the team policies. You guys understood what it was like to go through training camp. So there's some connection with that. And I think that helps ultimately because you want to bring in guys that are that you're affiliated with and that you're comfortable with. And so Malcolm Butler, I don't know his whole ordeal of what happened with him during the Super Bowl, of course, and but I I do believe that he's a playmaker, and he's still got some, you know, miles left in the tank. And it's tough to find a great defensive back to play in the NFL. And he knows how to play on big levels. And we saw that big time interception that he got during the Super Bowl. And I think ultimately, I think it's hard to, was, to just avoid, you that, can't avoid for, that. I mean, that to me, that's still going to be. I know that was some. It's like, what have you done for me lately, Lee? Yeah. But that was a huge play, and it's hard to know what he would have done had he played in the Super Bowl this year. But maybe that works in favor of the other teams looking to sign him. It does, because that play solidified Malcolm for the next four to five years. Like, that gave him four to five more years in the NFL based on that play alone. Right. Just making one big play at that big moment with all those eyes, all those odds against you, oh, you're, 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 you're shoe in. I think that it helps even more so with the other players in the locker room, especially the younger players, because they all – maybe they were in high school. Maybe they were in college. They remember you. They, they saw it. And then when you talk about winning in big games or how to make big plays in big games, I would think these are the guys you turn to. I just know when Vince Wolfort came here and he would talk about his experience with the Patriots. That means a lot to some of these younger guys like Jadevian Clown, even J.J. Watt, who really gravitated yeah. towards guys like that because you're like, okay, this, guy's, this guy knows what it takes – to get to that level. And There's then when respect. you and when you do get to the postseason and you do get to that level, you know, they can sort of guide you along like, here's what we did, here's what you need to do, here's what you need to do to keep focused yeah. and to keep strong. Work your way through injury and whatnot. There's a respect level that players have. So if if it, for an example, Deshaun Watson, we all knew who Deshaun Watson was coming out of Clemson. So when he got here with the Houston Texans, it was automatic that he was going to be in this circle with JJ Watts, with the DeAndre Hopkins. Why? Because he was kind of on that level. And I think that helps as a player when other players know you're in a big time player from an opposing team and they bring you in automatically they're going to just open you you're just welcome with open arms right away I remember again when I was going with the beers and of course I didn't have the same locker room as everybody but just so me, they stuck you in a different locker room it was room? weird it was it's a they're weird like, thing it was like, like a transition and I'm stuck they're like, like we're going to see if this guy if we like this guy then right. we're going to move him into the big locker room but the cool thing is that when I was playing we played against the beers I think once or twice during my career here with the Houston Texans so we kind of got a chance to know the players from the beers and, and vice versa so when I went Went there, I remember talking to Brian Erlacher, and he's like, "What's up, JJ?" And I was like, "Oh my goodness, Brian wow. Erlacher." Okay, so it was—he's being inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. It wasn't that big, and so it was one of those things where 
it's great when players know you from that opposing team because it makes you feel like you're wanted and you're part of them as well. Good stuff. All right, JJ, we talked, we touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, I like to wrap up our podcast with some of our top notes from social media, what players are talking about, Deshaun Watson in Paris. So you're kind of, you're pretty, how would you consider yourself on social media? Pretty active, kind of active, I try medium to, active? I try to stay uh, current with what's going on. You know, I, I'm not I say it. you're very current because that just yeah. happened yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. And I try to keep up because it's great to see what our Texans are doing. And, of course, to see what Deshaun, I'm still wondering, what is he doing out there? I don't know exactly <laughs> what what is he doing out there. Can you explain that to me? Because I'm still learning. He is vacationing, JJ. It is the off season. Well, I think he was in so Germany. Odell? Wait, hold on. Him and Odell just decides to go vacation. Like <laughs> that, how I don't know. Work? So tell that me about I don't, it. That I, I know he was in Germany. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming with he was with the with NFL Deutschland, NFL Germany, to promote the NFL in Germany. I'm assuming then he just took a quick hop to Paris and thought, oh, is there a, the, there's the Eiffel Tower. There's Odell Beckham Jr. They take a picture in front of the Eiffel Tower. Now Odell Beckham Jr. is good friends with DeAndre Hopkins. The right. two of them are always talking on Twitter. They met up earlier in the offseason. so maybe. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, he was in Paris. He he said, hey, uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be there. So I, I think that he's probably the common link between the two of them. Absolutely. But they were both in Paris. And I love that Deshaun Watson was wearing a NASA hoodie. So here's the I update on that, that story. Because I, I wrote a quick story about it, and I was like, I felt like I had to write in there that he's wearing, and he's representing Houston with a NASA hoodie. So NASA flight director Royce Renfrew, this is Renfrew, this is just a few hours later. I hope I'm saying his name right. He offers Deshaun a free tour to go with the NASA hoodie. He's like, come on down to NASA. I will give you a free tour. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Isn't that somehow just putting on someone? You become sponsors. People want to be affiliated with you. <laughs> man, that's a great way to do it, man. I saw that when he was wearing I was like, man, that's cool. He's wearing a NASA sweater. Like, my question is, where did he get the NASA sweater? Isn't like, that, don't they still sell those at Bush Intercontinental, like the, the, the little <laughs> tourist shops? <laughs> Maybe they Skyline do. of Houston, NASA hoodie. I think NASA, the, their gift shop probably still sells them. I don't think he went all the way there to get it, but. I don't know. Maybe somebody sent it to him. Thought it was very cool that he was representing NASA right. in Paris. Now I don't know if Deshaun is able to throw the football right now, or if he's even working out. But can you imagine what the workouts will look like if Deshaun's throwing Odell and Hopkins the football as they're just <laughs> in the training facility somewhere in Paris? I can only imagine all the one-handed catches that's being made right that's now. That's true. They can't. They can't work out at the facility yet. He could. He could throw all he wants in Paris <laughs> if he wanted to. Right. All right. Another uh, item of note: J.J. Watt. He was in Monaco. Uh, he actually won the 2018 Sporting Inspiration Award by Laureus Academy. This is like an international award. It's like members from 100 different countries come together and they nominate someone who does something good in the name of sports. And it was like the prince and princess of Monaco were there. At a, I, he thanked them for their hospitality. So he's literally hanging out with royalty in Monaco. But very cool to see the J.J. Watt uh, tour of awards, I guess you call it this offseason. He's his. What he did for Hurricane Harvey, the $37 million, it's it's all over the world. Like, it's everybody knows. Over, I mean, it's like every award J.J. Watt has won. And, again, Walter it just Payton, shows right. the Walter Payton Award. It just shows that he's a great ambassador for this sport. And I don't know what other award he can win out there. I mean, he's won every single one. What award? What, what's the next one? MVP. Oh, I got, I got an idea. J.J. <laughs> yes. Watt can win an Oscar because you saw Kobe Bryant. He Kobe did. won an Oscar, so we need to have J.J. <laughs> can you imagine J.J. coming up with a movie and coming up with an Oscar Well, you award? know what? It's funny you mention that because the <laughs> night that, that he won the Walter Payton Award, uh, I was flipping channels and Bad Moms was on. Okay. Do you, did you, yes, he I was the soccer. He was the wimpy <laughs> soccer coach, which was hilarious. They were trying to get him to play. Uh, I think Christina Applegate was trying to get him to play her kid in the game, and he was the soccer coach. Wait a minute. Is that the one that's married to Ashton 
Kutcher? Which one is no, married to No, that's Mila Ashton? Kunis. Mila, okay. She was the nice bad she mom. She was the nice bad mom. Yeah, the, gotcha. Christina Applegate was like the bully, the bully good mom. Right. The good mom. Well, yeah, and maybe, she was putting pressure on him on who to start. Do you think we can maybe try to get J.J. an Oscar? I think that would be the only thing left. Let's work on it, J.J. And get him an Oscar. And if he, got to, if he has that, that's it. He can go and rewrite history. He has an Oscar. I didn't know football players or basketball players can receive Oscars in today's world. This is like unbelievable. Maybe a special category for them. All right, final news. No, we talked about free agents and how you keep yourself busy. Brian Peters and Greg Mance were in New Zealand. Did you ever take a trip in your off-season as a free agent just to get away from it You know it what? I went to the Bahamas a few times. Uh, let's see here. N- nowhere else. I mean, I mean, these guys are going across the world like Paris. I mean, I never would have thought about going to Paris at the time. <laughs> I remember during our days, I know certain guys would go down to Brazil or Mexico, Cancun. You can at least get back in a hurry if you, you need to. You can at least to. get back. I mean, these guys are going to Australia. I don't know how they get down there that fast coming back, but – I guess you need a vacation, DP. You really need that as a player. Especially before OTAs and you, all the free you, agency stuff. You have to because the game, it, it it's so um, occupied. You're spending so much time and energy. And there's times where you have to get away just to recharge again. Because if you're not, you, you'll go crazy in this world. So I'm grateful that our players for the Texans are getting away, going out, seeing the world. This is a great opportunity for them to kind of, you know, be a part of what's going on. And uh, it's fun just to follow and see what they're doing. All right, good stuff. JJ, you get to enjoy lots of free time. What are you working on? I hear you on the radio. I hear you on, like, other stations from time to time. Yeah. What's been going on in well, your world? Well, it's been a cool event. Just recently, last week, Andre Hal and I, we had an opportunity to work with the um, First Community Credit Union in which we recognized 10 dynamic teachers called Stars in the Classroom. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we um, awarded them a cool little award, and they had an opportunity, the teachers that were selected to um, get a Texans visit at their school, they received a cool game ball that had their names on it. They had a chance to go to a Texans game. They got a sideline experience, a $500 Pally Royal, no, a $200 Pally Royal gift card, and a $500 donation uh, was given in their name in their school district. So it was so cool, DP, to have the opportunity to have Andre, myself, and the Texans. Greg Grissom was there as well, and the First Community Credit Union, just to really recognize these teachers that are making a difference in the community, and uh, they were so excited. So hats off to uh, all the 10 dynamic teachers that are making a difference in the community. I wish I had all their names. but The teachers love that, too. I love when teachers get surprised. They seem just so honored and over-the-top, overjoyed, and very, very, very much deserving of these awards. That's, that's great stuff. All right, JJ, always a pleasure to have you in studio, the Hyundai Texans radio studio. We'll do it next time. You got a deal. The league new year. I'll wish you a happy new year. Hopefully we've got lots of news to report as free agency opens up, and I want to hear your thoughts on all that. You got a deal. All right, good stuff. The Deep Slant Podcast. This has been DP Sidhu along with JJ Moses. Check out all the news on HoustonTexans.com. Follow us at Deep Slant and at JJ Moses 84. At JJ Moses 84. Thanks so much for listening, and go Texans.